You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Uh, we're just a few days away from finishing a regular season undefeated. Uh, I know us Alabama fans, we think this happens every year, but really it doesn't. As a matter of fact, it hasn't even happened a ton under Nick Saban. It just feels like it does. But, uh, yeah, a few days away from an undefeated regular season. That's a big deal. Uh, well, it's happened more than you think because they're doing some some yard work outside my house. I hope that buzzing isn't driving everybody nuts, but uh, hopefully they'll be done. It sounds like they're using an industrial-sized blower out there. I don't know what the hell's going on. Can't hear it on my end, so we're good. Oh, good. Okay. Um, so, anyway, you know, it happened – let's think about it. It happened in 08, 09. Happened in um, – oh, not 13. 16. 16. Um, and did it happen any other time? Uh, yeah, I think it happened in uh, 18. Yeah, it did happen in 18. You're right. 16 and 18. You're right. And now so this, four times. Yeah. So, I mean, and this should be five. Um, well, only yeah, won the by national way, championship one time previous. Only won the national title one of those years, just 09. We lost in the playoff. I mean, we lost um, in the SEC championship in 08. We lost in the national championship in 16 and 18. So uh, we've only uh, we've only pulled off the national title one time uh, going undefeated in the regular season. Um, okay. so first of all, I do want to remind everybody when you when we tweet out our podcast, would you please retweet and subscribe to the podcast and rate us in a positive manner? It would be greatly appreciated. Just want to remind everybody that that Jimmy and I appreciate you. We love you. We would do this for you. So why don't you do it for us? That's great. Is that just asking <laughs> for me? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What people have to realize is they need to do this because we stay in constant trouble with management. That is true. Um, yeah. Now, let me tell you something. I don't know if you saw this. <clears throat> T. Bob Abair, uh, former LSU I player, uh, went off on kind of a rant. There was a call-in show after the LSU game where an Alabama guy he did sort of call in looking for trouble. The Alabama guy called in talking about his dad, and his dad's got some kind of ailment, and he doesn't know how many more games he can go to, yada, yada, yada. But he ended up saying that, um, you know, I was glad that we could go and see Alabama win this game. And, you know, he said, I've all, all I've heard you guys talk about for years, how bad you whipped us last year. Well, if you whipped us last year, what you call what we just did to you. And the host was sort of like, well, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, he just sort of, he just sort of took it in stride. T-Bar Bear lost his mind. He went off talking about <laughs> how – did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. He went off talking about how, hey, LA, we, I wouldn't trade being an LSU fan for nothing. You know, we, we want the ups and the downs. We want the we, – we, you're a soulless bunch of people, and foot, that's, you're the only – football only means something to you. Nothing else means anything to you, and yada, yada, yada. And I was thinking, first of all, Hey man, you're the one on a sports show wearing a Christmas LSU sweater. You know, I think it means a pretty good bit to you too. Secondly, he he had this analogy about you know Alabama is is just this soulless entity that they they get no fun, joy out of winning. They just if they don't win, they're miserable, and if they do win, they get no joy out of it, which I'll get to in a minute. But uh, he said 
LSU is like Greece. You know, we've got all this beautiful art and all these all these passion and and I was like, yeah, and you also have a shitty economy over there. How about that? <laughs> and so, I mean, it's just like Greece. That is that is sort of like Greece. Um, and you know, and he kept going on. We love Louisiana, and we wouldn't trade Louisiana for anything. And I was thinking, if that's the case, you wouldn't trade Louisiana for anything. Why is it that every summer when I go down to Orange Beach, there are more LSU people than anywhere? Why don't they vacation <laughs> on one of your bodies of water? Oh, I know why. Because your bodies of water are all filled with alligators and Jimmy Hoffa wannabes at the bottom of Lake Pontchartrain. <laughs> now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to add in that I love Louisiana. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I like it. it. I also love Alabama. And I'm fine with somebody says, you know, in Alabama, y'all do some things backwards. Eh, you know what? You're kind of right. But I'm also fine if that person were to say, you know, in Louisiana, we do some things backwards too. Yeah, that's kind of right. So, but don't try to give me this speech after you get your tail whipped that we don't enjoy winning. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm getting a kick out of this. And I know it's not going to last. And, we, and I, you know, I could quote it sort of bad if he said, y'all – despise losing more than you love winning. I agree with that too. I can buy that. But these bullshit uh, arguments that nobody's enjoying this, I'm enjoying the shit out of this, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, to me it was, <clears throat> well, the, the negative part to me was it was disingenuous to to in, in, insinuate in, in even a, an eighth of a second that LSU wouldn't trade places with Alabama, you know, that their that they're Greece and our situation sucks. To think they, that, yeah, yeah, they don't want to trade places with the annual national championship run for 13 seasons at Alabama. Every LSU fan in the world would trade our situations in one half of a second. So that makes what he said disingenuous and untrue. Okay, so that that's one. But secondly, I didn't take it that bad because to me it was kind of like a rant on – everybody on Twitter's favorite phrase, the Nick Saban joyless murder ball. To me, yeah. it was, to me, it was like, that's sort of what joyless murder ball is, is that I, every I, week I we win 50 to t- every week we win 50 to 10. There's not a lot of drama. It's lost a lot of its excitement because we do it every single week. And it is the expectation and it is the standard to the point now that we have crazy standards that are just impossible to meet and, and maybe that robs some of the joy. However, we joke about joyless murder ball. You're not going to find an Alabama fan that doesn't enjoy this this Nick Saban era. We we all know it's as good as it's ever going to get. We all know whenever it is that we die, whether it's next week or 30 years from now or 50 years from now, this is the zenith. This is as good as it's ever going to get. Any reasonable fan understands that. And uh, we're enjoying the hell out of it. We joke about joyless murder ball. It's not our real lifestyle (laughs) or the real way that Alabama fans enjoy this Saban. And I enjoyed the hell out of Saturday night. And Now, I I wish we'd have beat them worse, but it didn't ruin the evening for me. Uh, We scored more points against LSU than we've scored in school history. We set numerous school, SEC, and even national records. Uh, we set some all-time records. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. And uh, trust me, I find some joy in joyless murder ball, and I know you do too, and so do all our listeners, or they wouldn't be listening. Well, here's the other thing. 
Um, I found it funny because a lot of LSU, some LSU fans, I'll give them credit, were like, hey, you know, T-Bob, chill, bro. I mean, that's a little much. And um, and and I get that. <laughs> and even the host was like, don't go down this path. You don't want to compare resumes with them. Stop doing this. He's like, no, this is what I want to do. I had a Twitter exchange with him one time when he was a player, which is pretty oh. strange. Well, and, uh, I mean, it was, I made a joke. I made a joke about his name. I made a joke about his name. But guess what? When your name is T-Bob, people are going to joke about your name. I bet even people in Louisiana, and I don't mean it personally. I would also make fun of, of an Alabama guy whose name was T-Bob. And all I did was, I remember I was just joking about how, hey, you got to take these LSU guys seriously. They do have several dudes like T-Bob Bear, T-Bob Fournette, T-Bob Geis, you know, and I named them all T-Bob. And then, uh, and then he spoke up about it. He spoke up about it, so I don't want to talk too badly about him now because basically he's already he's already he's already threatened me in a in, in a in a in a vegetable can once. So no, he he really didn't th- he didn't really threaten me, but he did he didn't like it. Well, but here's he the thing: like how do you not like a guy named T. Bob? I I like the guy. I, I've always liked the guy, but I'm mean, I'm just saying, you know, he kind of got he kind of got like he really tried to poke a stick, and I was like, look, I. Man, yeah, you want to say joyless murder ball? We get it. That's I'm like you. That's that's our thing. We can say it. Um, it's, it's, and it's a joke. It's a joke. No one, no one like no one says, uh, this Saban air is just joyless murder ball. Let's do something else. This sucks." No, we say it like it's prideful. It's prideful. It's like you know, we're sort of proud of the fact that we don't celebrate when we beat somebody fifty-five to ten. We just clap and move on to the next game. But we enjoy that aspect of it. We're not, you know, and and I'm sure we take it for granted. That's just normal human behavior. And I've said, how many times, Luke, have we said over the years we've done the podcast, when Nick is gone and he's replaced by an actual human being instead of just another Nick Saban cyborg? uh, Oh, yeah, we're in trouble. we're, we're, We're in trouble. We're in for a harder fall than most because we have gotten used to this. And... The second we're coached by a normal human being and we go from the greatest program of all time to just a really good football program, oh, gosh, it's going to feel like we're 0-12 even when we're 9-3. and You know, I agree. And, again, I've, I've always liked the guy. I mean, he's, he's – yeah, you know, yeah. But I just felt I'll, like it was a little – I just felt like it was a little much. I was like – and he got it, so – It was very def- – it was very defensive – and I was like, look, take your whipping. We had to take a whipping last year. We, we, I mean, we didn't get whipped. I mean, we we lost. Um, but, I mean, we had to take it. You take that L and you move on. Take this big L. You knew it was coming. I mean, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, let me tell everybody about Coors Light. Coors Light, oh, yeah. CoorsLight.com is where you want to go. Check them out. Awesome, awesome beer made to chill. Go check them out. Go, go to your local convenience store. Get you a Coors Light. It's the best. It's delicious. It's good any time of the day. That's one thing Louisiana and Alabama people can agree on. Coors Light is awesome. Go check them out ASAP. Uh, get get on the get in your car. Head to Bigly Wiggly. Get you up a six pack. It's the beer made to chill. And you know everybody needs to chill out. I probably need to chill out. T Bob needs to chill out. We all got to chill out. A, a Coors Light would help us all do this. So go check out CoorsLight.com. If you're ever in Golden, Colorado, that's where it's brewed. I've toured the facility. It's fantastic. Go check them out there. And uh, be sure to celebrate responsibly. 
Okay, Jimmy, uh, moving on. I mean, again, I just, you know, it didn't really so much make me mad. I was just thinking, yeah. hey, you know, this. I was, this, I was more amused than mad about it. Like, yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Hey, was they like, talked a lot. And it wasn't just Orgeron when the game was over. This summer, even after they had opt-outs, they had opt-outs that affected things. And I was sky high on Texas A&M. Took a lot of crap for it. Uh, when, I, when I said Texas A&M would have a really good year and put them in the top 10 and second in the West, I took some crap from that. But when I put on the official Twitter, like, okay, this is it. This is my official preseason predictions for how the SEC is going to shake out. I put LSU third. And by the way, what are they finishing? Fifth or sixth? I put them third behind Alabama and Texas A&M. I heard from one fan base. Out of the 14 teams I ranked, I heard from one fan base, LSU, and their fans were furious. A former LSU offensive lineman, Will Blackwell, from a couple years ago, commented on it and said, uh, Jimmy, are you drunk? I remember mm. him saying that. And that was picking LSU third. Mm. And they ended up finishing fifth or sixth. Not many of those LSU fans, by the way, have piped up and say, hey, Jimmy, sorry about those comments I made that summer. The summer you were right. Uh, <laughs> not one has come back to, to apologize for that uh, Twitter beating I took that day from LSU fans. And again, they, they know I'm a homer. They, they probably wouldn't have been mad if, I, if I'd picked them second, but I picked them third behind A&M. And gosh, you would have thought I'd pick them fifth, which is basically exactly where they're going to end up. Interesting. I mean, and again, I love me some Louisiana, man. I do. I love that place. I do. And it's, and I, but I love it for the same reason I love Alabama. It's screwed up, but it's Southern screwed up. There's nothing better than Southern screwed up. You know, Northern <laughs> screwed up, screwed up. Southern screwed up is great. Um, Southern screwed up is entertaining. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. Very laid back. And that's why I always find it humorous when, like, if Mississippi makes fun of Alabama or Louisiana makes fun of Arkansas or, you know, Georgia makes fun of Florida. I mean, we're all in this boat together, boys. All right. <laughs> um, but we don't like it when someone from outside makes fun of us. It's like, man, I'll, I'll make fun of my brother and he'll make fun of me. But, but you know, don't make fun of my – you know, no one else can make fun of him. That's not cool. That's right. Only we can't, can't. They can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. <laughs> exactly. uh, hey, uh, so effect on recruiting from this game, do you think there'll be yeah. any? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think the real effect, I say this all the time about events that happen on the field. I think the hay is in the barn with the seniors uh, as far as this season goes. And I would have said that even this summer. I mean, I think kids have a really good idea of where they're going to go and what's going to happen, regardless of what happens on the field. But there is a real effect, I think, with ninth and 10th graders that will eventually become highly recruited seniors. And uh, I think a message was sent to them that LSU uh, will have brief runs, but they will not sustain. Uh, the sustained program is Alabama. And if I sign with Alabama – I'm going to be really, really good every single season. And at LSU, it's going to be just as T-Bob described it. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be up and down. And the downs won't be fun at all. I, I, think, that's, I think that's the message. And I also think in terms of the big picture, that's what this game meant to me this past weekend. I, I think, Luke, all the way back to 08, when Nick Saban really built his program at Alabama, Urban and, and Tebow and, and Florida, you know, they, they, were, they were on top, and then Saban knocked them off. And since that time, Auburn was good in 2010 and 2013, but that's really the only time they've been good, good. 
was 2010 and 2013. Georgia had their little run before disappearing this year. LSU uh, was really good in 2011, although they couldn't beat us for a national title. Um, but they were really good, you know, and then, then finally got their national title last year. But all those years in between 2011 and 2019, they weren't good. Everyone in the league has taken their little mini run at Saban and say, okay, we're the new kid on the block. They were the new kid on the block briefly. Saban has been the king of the street since 08. No one's knocked him out of that. Everybody just makes us a little run, and then they disappear. But what defines Nick Saban's Alabama is the relentlessness. It's good year after year after year. And LSU enjoyed their season last year, but they all knew what was coming on Saturday. You know, it's funny. Sonny Ship from the LSU 24-7 side had a story. He said, you know, when I was growing up, there was a kid on our street, and he used to beat my ass every day, and uh, or all the time. I don't know if it's every day. That seems like a bit excessive. Seem but it seemed like, wow, Sonny, what'd you do, buddy? Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, he said he used to beat my butt all the time. And he said, one day, I caught him. You know, like he, I sort of sucker punched him, and I beat him, and I was thinking that's going to be that. You know what? It actually made it a lot worse the next time he beat my ass. And he said, that's what this reminded me of is like, you know, you get your ass beat, get your ass beat. Oh, you get a punch in and you knock him down. Okay, you win one. Uh, the next time it's a lot worse. And that's exactly and, – and, you know, he said this, and LSU guy said this, I, but, I mean, it's a great story and a great analogy. So, um, yeah, I think that, that that's kind oh, of – It's what, not like they beat us 55 to, you know, 13, you know, last – 14, you know, last year – you know, when it was when it was their turn to win the national title, they beat us by one play, even right. though we, we, we had a quarterback that ended the game on one leg. And there was the highly disputed call at the end of the first half that changed the game. I mean, they were fortunate to win. Uh, there was no fortune. There was no luck in Alabama's uh, thrashing of LSU Saturday night. But that's done, and now we look to not only Arkansas, Luca. We have three huge events coming up just in the next 12, 12 days uh, with Alabama football, the next 11 days, and that's a game at Arkansas, the final game of the regular season, trying to go undefeated for the fourth time uh, at Nick Saban's Alabama, an undefeated regular season. Then signing day, where Alabama's going to sign one of the great classes in Alabama football history. And then Florida and the SEC championship game to say nothing of the basketball games we got coming up. So there's a lot of events on the calendar coming up quickly. Um, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Built Go. BuiltGo.com is where you want to Built Go because you want to check out these three delicious flavors they have in these uh, small packets that are just chock full of energy. And it's delicious, man. You can't beat it. Go check them out, builtgo.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You will get a discount off of your order, which you will be highly appreciative of. And I'm telling you, I have these all the time before I work out. Love them. Uh, they taste great. Easy to carry around. You know, put one in your briefcase before the big meeting or just have one in the morning to get your day started right. I woke up at 3 this morning for some ungodly reason, and uh, I had a built go on the way to work because I was like, I got to do something. And uh, it, it worked like a charm. It always does. Builtgo.com is where you want to go and check these out. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order. 
Jimmy, what we always do on Tuesdays is uh, Bama and NFL. We'll run through a few quick ones here. Um, Tua Tungvaluwa, best day as a pro, 200. Another win. Yep. Another win, too. Four and one. Yep. Um, Jonah Williams also played in that game uh, for Cincinnati. He was carted off the field in the fourth quarter after sustaining an injury to his right knee. I mean, geez, man, he can't catch a break. I wonder with him, and, and again, you know, people get hurt and we look for reasons instead of, you know, it sort of pisses me off. It's getting me off on this, this rant that I didn't know I would do today, but I heard somebody say earlier, boy, getting gray and blue and getting rid of Cochran really helped with the injuries. And maybe, maybe, I, I don't I don't say categorically no that that's incorrect uh, because, I mean, the, the proof is in the numbers, if you want to call it that. But there's just some some luck, you know, that, that goes with injuries and, you're either lucky or you're not, but I was about to say that, you know, Jonah was a naturally small person he, for a tackle. I think he weighed 240 pounds in the 10th grade, and he was told repeatedly by everybody, man, if you ever got up to 290, you'd be offered by everybody in the country. You're, you're just a natural at this. You just have to weigh 50 more pounds, and and he's one of these guys that worked and ate and ate and ate his ass off and worked and ate and ate until he ate his way to 300 pounds and became became the player everybody said he would be. And, and he, he got hurt some at Alabama, but he's really been hurt in the NFL. And I was about to say, I wonder if it's because he, he almost artificially got up to 290 or 300. I think this is a, a person whose normal size is around 250 that's added on all this play and weight. But here's, here's a better theory, Jimmy, uh, speaking to myself about how wrong I am about that. Maybe Jonah gets hurt because the NFL is like the roughest sport on the planet. And all these gigantic humans are running around at 100 miles an hour beating the shit out of each other in collisions that horrify car wreck doctors. Maybe that's why he's hurt, because a lot of people get hurt playing football. Of course they do. So, end of rant. That's, that's very nice. Um, and you're absolutely right. By the way, did you see the injury that uh, the Texas offensive lineman had? My God. Prayers. I did not. Oh, I did not. You're not talking about their good offensive linemen. You mean the uh, Texas Longhorns? Yes. Their really good uh, tackle already came out, right? So I know. You're not talking about Samuel Cosme, right? No, 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 no. This is another dude. It was rough, man. I hated it for him. Um, But let me see. Let me go through a few more of these. Um, Julio Jones, six catches for 94 yards. I mean, man, I'd love to see him get going again. Calvin Ridley. Uh, five passes, 102 yards. Uh, it's his eighth 100-yard game of his career and the fifth wow. of the season. So, yeah, he's kicking some ice. Um, yep. Once again, you are walking into – I record in the lobby of a building, and most of the time it's quiet. Very few, very few people come in the back door. But if anybody comes in, they have to uh, punch the code to go upstairs. So that's what people hear every now and then. How about Henry Ruggs catching the game-winning – uh, touchdown pass from Derek Carr against the the Jets. Um, he had had a fumble earlier in the game, also had a drop, which led, I think, to an interception. Um, but he makes up for it by scoring the game-winning touchdown. You know, it. Uh, he was starting to get the feel, though Ruggs has played pretty well. He was starting to get the feel like that classic Raiders draft pick that's super fast but, you know, never really makes a big move. But I think Ruggs is going to make a big move. I really believe that. Um, good player. Yeah, good player. Quinnen Williams started at defensive tackle, made four tackles, recorded a sack, and, and he has six sacks on the year. He's playing his Could be an all-pro. 
could make the uh, NFL the Pro Bowl, even though there won't be a Pro Bowl, still making all pros, still a big deal contractually and everything else is a big deal for Q. He, Derek Henry only had 60 yards on 15 carries. It's the first time he's had only 19 rushing attempts in any game uh, this season, which, you know, they got down 38-7 to seven at the half, the, the Titans did, so it makes some sense. I can't sense. believe they lost. That, 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 that result blew me away. I mean, I know the Browns are good, and they probably should have been good last year, and they weren't, but now they're, they're, they're really pretty good, and Baker Mayfield's having a nice year. But uh, the result of that game really surprised me because I think the Titans are a legitimate Super Bowl-type team, but the Browns beat them in Nashville. Yep. Uh, Damian Harris started running back for the Patriots again, had 80 yards on 16 carries. I'm loving this dude. Yeah, my, another strange outcome to me. I'm not shocked at all that the Patriots won because the Chargers aren't that great, but that the Patriots beat the crap out of the Chargers in L.A. Well, a little surprising. Definitely. I mean, they just blew their doors off, and, and they shut out Justin Herbert in the crowd. So, I mean, that was, that was something, Did you see – uh, it's not so much Bama in the NFL, but yesterday I, I was just kind of curious myself. Sometimes I make tweets because I'm curious as to what the result's going to be myself. I'm like, I wonder who the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL have been. So what I did was I, I didn't do anything super tricky. I just pulled up QBR, you know, you know, QBR, and then eliminated the guys who hadn't played a full schedule of games. So really what I did was I ranked by QBR – the quarterbacks who have played a full schedule of games. And, and, and you know, I was just wanted to look at, okay, who, who are the 10 best? Who, who's, done, who's done the 10 best jobs at quarterback in this full season? So I, I, I didn't count Taysom Hill, you know, who started three games, or the Broncos wide receiver who, who started one game, or, or Fitzpatrick, or even Tua, who hasn't played a full season. Uh, I, I just look, okay, what quarterbacks have played a full season? Who's got the 10 highest QBRs of those guys and, and, and put out the list, like who's playing well. And I was, I was a little surprised at how high Justin Herbert was on the list. And the absence of a couple of people like Joe Burrow surprised me, even though Burrow hadn't played the full season, I would have counted him because he's played basically every game, but one, I think, or every game, but two. Um, but anyway, I was just a little surprised uh, that Aaron Rodgers won, Mahomes two, didn't surprise me at all. Uh, but anyway, it's just kind of interesting. Check out my Twitter if you want to see uh, what that top 10 ended up being. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, boy, what are you going to leave us with a teaser in our own podcast? <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head what the top 10. No Tua, of course, because, and again, his QBR wasn't what the other guys were anyway. Uh, I wanted full season guys. That it, it didn't matter if you'd started once, twice, three times. I wasn't going to count you, but. It was it was Rogers one, Mahomes two. Deshaun Watson was fourth. A couple of people spoke up and said, "You got Deshaun Watson too high." I'm like, "Hey, I don't I don't invent QBR. He's all I don't invent that. That's not up to me. I'm going by what the National Football League rates you statistically." Deshaun Watson was fourth, and on top of that, Deshaun Watson has thrown for the most yards of anyone in the NFL. So yeah, you got to rate him in the top ten. I know he keeps losing, and the Texans lose. But apparently, that's not Deshaun's fault. Yeah, okay. Uh, by the way, I'm just getting some news here. First of all, uh, Ole Miss picked up another commitment for a guy from Alabama and DeMarcus, defensive lineman DeMarcus Smith. Um, it's good for him, good for them uh, at Parker <laughs> High School. Uh, I love yeah. his Twitter handle. It's like at the coldest, you know, something. I can't remember. That's funny. That's great. Uh, at the coldest 15 I, I, or 55. Uh, 
so finally, Jimmy, there was something I wanted to say, and I, hell if I can remember what it is. Um, I was hoping that we could see who won the uh, SEC Player of the Week, and it hadn't come up as of our doing this. Uh, let me go check SEC one more time. And, Devontae oh, Smith. Players of the Week, Devontae Smith. I know you're shocked. Devontae Smith, yeah. Um, and I think I'd seen it right before we got on, uh, right before we started broadcasting. I think I saw that, and uh, an A&M linebacker maybe was uh, – no, Florida linebacker was the yeah. defensive player of the week. Um, no, good for Devontae. And, and let me say one more time, I've ranted about this a time or two, and I'm probably going to bring it up on Twitter. I'm going to take a lot of shit for it because, you know, obviously it's all Alabama fans that follow me, and they want a, a Heisman ballot that reads, you know, Mac 1, Devontae 2, Najee 3. And while I would love to see that myself, it's just not realistic. And yep. again, I, I agree with anyone that says it's for the most outstanding player in college football. The most outstanding player is Devontae Smith. And how can you give it to Mac when he's not even the best player in his team? Devontae is. I don't disagree with any of that. But I also accept the reality that if you want to win the Heisman Trophy in 2020, you need to be a quarterback on a contending team. And we've got Mac Jones, a quarterback on a contending team that is worthy of the Heisman. And if we just keep pushing and saying Devontae, Devontae over and over again, a lot of voters are going to go, you know what, that's right. I'm going to vote for Devontae and I'm going to put him first, second or third. But they're not going to put Devontae and Mac. These ballots only go one, two, three. They're not going to put Devontae and Mac. So for every vote Devontae gets, that's a vote Mac loses. And in a year that it's this tight with Trask and Trevor Lawrence, I'm just telling you, the, if put it this way, if Devontae finishes fourth or fifth, Mac will not finish first. I, I, will be that, I will be that emphatic about it. Mac won't finish first if Devontae is fourth or fifth. All right, buddy. We'll talk more about this as the week goes on. So uh, roll tide. Roll tide.